Welcome to the Put Yourself First podcast. I'm your host, Kat Horrocks, a mindset and manifestation coach, guiding women to manifest next level abundance, success and happiness, making their wildest dreams their new normal. Expect new episodes every Monday with myself and guest experts, full to the brim with inspirational stories and expert guidance on all things business, mindset, spirituality, personal growth and so much more. Consider this podcast a permission slip to put yourself first, say yes to your dreams and manifest a life even better than your vision board. To find out more about joining our incredible membership community, the Put Yourself First Sisterhood, or to discover my transformational one-to-one and group programs, head to cathorrocks.com to get all of the juicy details that you need on investing in yourself and working with me to create your dream life. If you're ready to step into your next level, you're in exactly the right place. So let's dive in. This week's guest is the first guest for 2022, which feels super special. This week's guest is Asti Marie. Asti is an expert in all things love, dating, intimacy. She is a coach for women, guiding them deeper into pleasure, more conscious, embodied sexy boundaries in relationships, self-love, self-pleasure. She is also the founder and CEO of Pleasure Treasures by Asti, a beautiful sex toy company for women making gorgeous glass sex toys, um, as well as her newest and first ever silicone sex toy quickie which sounds amazing and you'll hear about in this episode. I wanted to sit down with Asti and discuss her story. She comes from a an upbringing where shame and sexual shame and body shame, body image were real struggles for her and so she shares her journey of of healing that, of releasing that, of stepping into body confidence, self-love and how that led her to strip him. Asti first stepped into a pole dancing class and the rest is history. I'll leave it to Asti to share her incredible story, how she got started in business, in coaching. I I'm so grateful for the work she is doing in the world and today we talk about all things pleasure, self-love and really just treating yourself like you're the fucking one. (laughs) Being your own soulmate. I think we all need more of that flavour in 2022, whether you're single or in a relationship. This episode is going to guide you, connect with you, resonate with you and potentially even trigger and activate something in you so it's going to be a ride I can't wait to hear your feedback um please reach out to us on instagram as always head to asti's instagram I'll link it in the show notes to connect with her follow her find out more about her programs and her incredible sex toys. I'm going to be making an order myself. Hey Asti, welcome to the podcast. Hello beautiful cat, thanks for having me. Oh thanks for coming on. Um, I am really excited to dig into your work and story and like all the goodness that you share with the amazing women that you work with and that buy your products but I want to jump all the way back to I guess like your upbringing I'm really curious to hear like how sex sensuality femininity was I guess navigated for you growing up like what was your experience of that like was it taboo was it open what was that like for you Mm -hmm. um when I was really young 
um, I felt like I was just naturally in touch with my sexuality and my pleasure. So I was like self-pleasuring from as young as I can remember. And I feel like that all changed when I got older, probably like the time around when I started high school. And that's when I begin to take on other people's limited beliefs and society's narratives that our sexuality is dirty and it's shameful and it's something that should be hidden. Um, and with my sexual nature, naturally, I was quite like open and bubbly and flirty and I would be slut shamed by girls all the time. Um, I think at the stage I had a boyfriend and it only had, had only slept with him um, and was being slut shaped for the way that I was expressing myself. So over time, I got taught that the only way to be safe and to be accepted by the people around me was to dull this part of myself down. So I feel like growing up, I really did lose a part of myself. But in saying that, I always admired women who you could tell they'd done the work to like really embody their sexuality. Um, and I, I guess so that's, that's where I started like pole dancing. Right. Cause I would look at like dancers and be like, Oh my God, I love how she just like owns her body and looks so comfortable, like expressing herself. Like I want to be like that. That's when I started pole dancing. And that was my journey, like back into rediscovering and reclaiming that part of myself. Mm, yeah I love that and I think so many women resonate I I know going to pole like I've been to pole classes in the past and it does feel like this safe space for women to just be a slot <laughs> like, yeah. the best way yeah. it's like you just get to unleash that side of you and I think being in a class with you know mostly other women there might be the you know there might be the odd guy but it's just it feels like it feels like a private space where women can express themselves so talk us through like your journey with Paul how you really fell in love with that and then obviously how that like transcended into you know having such a confident like sexually expressed career because you were stripping before you do before you ran your business now so just tell us how that journey developed from being slut shamed at school to going to pole to just fully fucking owning your sexuality <laughs> so I feel like there were still like so many lessons in there so as you said um pole dancing and being in the studio is such a safe place and you can fully express yourself and what I feel like I got most out of that and for a lot of my journey what really helped me the most was the permission so it's like you're seeing another woman fully expressed in her sexuality and her sensuality her femininity and it's almost like a permission slip like you watch her and you're like if she can do that then so can I and we, as humans, we kind of mold into our surroundings and what's around us as a way of being safe. So if you are in this container and you're in a studio where all the women are wearing high heels and lingerie and fully expressing themselves, it's like you naturally, they naturally just like allow that part of yourself to be unleashed too. But in saying that I had a boyfriend at the time and I was like, felt so empowered. Like I was finally finding myself. Like it felt really fun and exciting. I also started doing pole dancing um, performances as I got quite good quickly because I had a gymnastics background. So I started doing these performances and he would come down to the bar to watch me. And it was just, it wasn't like stripping, but you have to wear, as you know, like the small clothes so you stick on the pole. And he would come down, like stand in the corner of the bar with his arms crossed, just death staring me and everyone around me, quote unquote, supporting me. Um, and he would almost still like slut shame me for what I was doing. And so I felt like I was always like pushed and pulled between feeling like I wasn't enough and like I was too much. And there's always like one memory that comes to mind. I remember it was around the same time that I was doing these performances and I went to bed one night, woke up in the middle of the night and went out to the living room and he was watching a video of a girl and it wasn't porn. I think she was just doing like a little strip tease or like lap dance. And I just remember being so confused. I was like, how can he actively go out of his way to go on the internet to search for something like this? 
But then at the same time, when it's me being that girl or being that version of myself, he wants to tear that down, right? So then I was like, this is obviously what he desires, but he's stopping me from being that very thing he desires. So then I kind of like went through this period of not believing that you could be loved and desired at the same time, like balancing those two things, which I know you now can, it's a bit of a dance and you have to balance them. But I was like, right, that's it. Either I'm desired or I'm loved. And we ended up breaking up. And I guess at the beginning of my stripping journey, although it was still empowering, it did come from this place of like, I am choosing to be the woman who's desired and not loved. Right. So that is what I like declared at the beginning. But in my journey of stripping, I gained so much again with the element of permission. Just for me, really, at the beginning, it was about body confidence. Like I was quite insecure in my body. I would never get changed in front of friends when I was having sex with a partner. I'd just be like up in my head, worrying about what I look like, disconnected from pleasure and orgasm. Um, and would compare myself to other women as lot, a, a lot as well. Um, and then when I started dancing, I just saw like all of these beautiful bodies, all different shapes and sizes, which I didn't even realize, right? Because we really grow up watching, I guess you just see nude women and movies, porn and magazines, right? And they're all kind of like this cookie cutter stereotype body shape. So then when I went to the club and I was like, wow, we really come in all these beautiful different shapes and sizes. And I saw all of these women and all these different shapes and sizes loving themselves. That gave me permission to fully accept my body and love myself as I was too. So that changed everything for me. And then from there, I was like traveling the world, like going to nude beaches, like just felt like such a sense of freedom and finding that confidence in my body. There were other things that um, I found as well, like uh, learning about boundaries and learning to say no to men and feeling more com comfortable in my sexuality, which goes hand in hand with feeling more comfortable in your body. Um, and then near the end of my dancing career, I think I was like six, seven years in, I like realized how much I'd gained from this journey and then knew that I wanted to be able to give that to other women, but in a more supportive container. Obviously, being in a strip club, it can go one way or the other. I was just really lucky that the whole journey was really empowering for me. And so I wanted to take everything that I learned and give that to other women, knowing how much it can change their lives. Then I went on to study sex, love and relationship coaching. Um, and from there, I began to build my business, which I'm still working in today. Mm, I love that story. Um, thank you for sharing, because I knew, I knew that that was your background and I was really interested to hear how you got into it because I think there's so like I feel like there's I don't know whether it's just in the coaching world but there's a lot of sex and relationships coaching and at the same time like this you know the world of like stripping and it feels for a lot of women traditionally I think like it's not it's not for them so mm -hmm. it's almost like you took this um you took all the lessons that you'd learned through you know pole dancing and then stripping in the club to bring that to other women in a very accessible way like I love your content on Instagram for example because it's fully like embodied like sexual like you know just you really express yourself fully but then you share that with women in a way that feels like oh like I can do this too and I think again the whole like male gaze and um that like in when I learned about it in film studies we called it like the virgin whore complex because it was like you're either like the wife or the slut yeah. like the, yeah. the woman he takes home to his mom or the woman he wants to fuck <laughs> and like you can't yeah. be both yeah. yeah I think for so many women they would think of you know stripping as like oh that's for men and yeah. you've taken it and give like given that energy to them for their yeah. own sex life like you speak about women's sex life as this individual thing not just about having sex with other people which I love 
Mm-hmm. That's most of it, really. Most of what yeah. I teach is self-pleasure because if you want to have the amazing sex with a partner and you want your dream sex life, it has to start with you, right? You need to know your body. You need to know your turn-ons, your turn-offs, your desires, your boundaries, and that's really discovered through self-pleasure. And then you can take that and share that with your partner in the future. Amazing. Thank you for sharing that. And I think I'm really curious to know how your experience was sharing your journey as a sex and relationships coach and whether you ever came up against like judgment from other women or anything like that in relation to stripping because I think still for so many women it's like well just society in general it's almost like oh like this is good this is good sexuality (laughs) over here and this is bad sexuality over here (laughs) you can't do like oh no like I'm not like those women over there yeah and you're here like bringing both worlds together to be like no it's about you so did you ever come against judgment or like the sisterhood wounding again like the slut shaming again that you experienced as a teenager Mm -hmm. um when I first started pole dancing I did I think I had done my first photo shoot and obviously I was like super excited about that put some of the photos on Facebook And I remember on Facebook, some of the comments were really nasty, like girls calling me a slut and like telling me that I'm an attention seeker. But I remember this day, it was really funny because my sister told me, she saw it before me. And by the time I got home to like get to my laptop to see all these comments on my Facebook, most of my family had written back, like like, trolling the trolls. I was like this battle between everybody. Um, Then I got it again when I started stripping and I mean the beginning for me was so hard because I didn't actually come out straight away like I'm so confident talking about it now but back then when I first started I didn't know how to have the conversation with my family I didn't tell any of my friends except for my friend that I started with Um, and my family actually only found out because my boyfriend at the time found out I also didn't tell him which was a huge mistake on my part but he ended up telling my sister, my sister was upset, like thought that I was in danger. She ended up telling my parents. And then I knew that she told my parents that there was like this period of like six months where I knew that they knew and they knew that I knew that they knew, but nobody spoke about it. It was just like this awkward thing that nobody brought up. And then over time, it kind of just came up in conversation. And now like, again, like very open with my parents about it. Um, One thing that I did notice, though, is that in the beginning, when I still felt unsure about it and I wasn't fully owning what I was doing, that's when I received more judgment and criticism, right? So it's like, if you're not really sure within yourself, people see that and they want to like poke at it and prod prod you, right? And like get a reaction out of you. But as soon as I started owning it and showing up like, yeah, I'm a stripper, it's like you're, if you're that confident, it's like they know that there's no way that they're going to tear you down. So it's like they don't even bother with the criticism. So I think the way that people respond to you is also a reflection of the beliefs that you're holding on to and how comfortable you feel about it in yourself. Mm. Right? Does that make sense? Yeah. I, I, was, I was like I'm projecting to them all of their limiting beliefs and triggers around sexuality like me being the full embodiment of that that negative sexual side that you're talking about mm-hmm. and then I think they were also projecting back to me like where I was feeling insecure within myself yeah. <laughs> and why I just owned that part of myself it really did start to die down after that mm. amazing but that well, mirror that's also where I begun to notice like I would so people would judge me and girls would be like what do you do like tell me about stripping and as as soon as I started talking about it I was met with that side like the judgment the criticism but at the same time they were like interested to know more right like this is so fascinating like I can't believe you're doing that tell me more about it and I realized after a period of time that they were just relating to me in the same way they do their own sexuality 
so most women do meet their sexuality in this way of like disgusting I'm just gonna like block that out disassociate from that and then also like oh like I wonder if I could do this or like what would it be like to really live out that fantasy there's still like like you're still like interested and fascinated to find out more right so again it's like there's too much not enough dance that we're all constantly doing yeah and I guess like you know with the work that you do like now you have group programs and coaching as well I think being online and having that I guess a certain level of like anonymity with it like you know these women can dm you or comment on your post and like their family and friends aren't necessarily going to see it so they get to ask these questions and like have this interest that they might still feel uncomfortable and be like hiding from other people in their lives mm-hmm. mm. yeah totally what was the like transition like from you know working because you were still you know you were still working at the strip club when you were building up your coaching business and I remember listening to one of your podcast episodes where you speak about like you know your last like your last night at the club and you were like oh I don't know like I don't know whether <laughs> I'm gonna go back or oh I don't know like because you were fully like you know jumping into coaching and obviously your sex your sex toy would you call yeah. them sex toys <laughs> sex ones like pleasure ones <laughs> um you run two businesses so what was that transition like so it was hard <laughs> um first of all for me personally it was challenging because I mean a lot of the conditioning that I took on when I grew up I was told from a really young age that I was beautiful and always got those compliments from people around me growing up and then as a teenager as well and at the same time um, I'm dyslexic so I had like learning difficulties when I was growing up and teachers would always like kind of I don't want to say shit they wouldn't shame me for it but I kind of like get held back in class or get lower marks or oftentimes be told that I wasn't going to be able to do something because of it so then I learned over a period of time I'm beautiful but I'm not intelligent right so for me going into the club even if I was like quote-unquote rejected if somebody didn't want to take me for a dance it didn't really cut that deep because I could kind of be like well I know that I'm attractive like you're lost babe walk away right but with all of the like conditioning and limiting beliefs around me not being intelligent enough or not having enough to offer um in that way whenever I like tried to sign a client to begin with and they said no like that felt like true rejection because that was like really like cutting open old wounds for me so I mean you know starting any business or anything like that is, is like the biggest teacher it brings all of your shit to the surface for you to work on so that was huge for me and now like I mean I think it's quite inspiring for people for me to be like I'm dyslexic like my spelling is so shit but I'm like writing blogs and like running this Instagram like it's fine like you don't have to let any of your limitations stop you um so yeah that was a massive thing for me to overcome the other thing is like the money I don't want to say it's easy because you do work quite hard as a stripper but it's like you can make a lot of money really quickly and so at the end I I wasn't necessarily getting anything out of it in terms of like empowerment. Like I wasn't, I don't think I was growing anymore from it. I kind of came to a dead end there and I felt, yeah, like I was really craving like growth or like learning something new or some kind of work where I could like step back and be like, oh my God, I did that. Whereas stripping, it's just like repetitive, right? And you're making a lot of money, but you're not really making any change in the world. But I was really stuck because it became like my safety net. It was like I knew that I could go on these nights and make a certain amount of money. So to fully step back and let that go was terrifying, really. But now that I've let go, I'm like, I'm so glad. Like the thought of going and spending a night in a club. Now I'm like, I just, I can't. Like I feel so disattached from that version of my life now. Yeah. 
I think a lot of people go through that with any job when they're growing like a side hustle and they have these these big dreams for this business to Mm -hmm. to take off and expand and like become you know their full-time gig like their full-time income um how did you know when you were ready to, to take the leap so to speak so it's really like it's hard with my with what my position was because with other jobs you'd have to go in there and hand in a notice right and then you quit and then you no longer have that job with stripping you're also self-employed so I could have quit and then gone back the next week if I wanted to so it was really hard to make that clear cut um and I could also I was also working like four or five nights a week and it slowly went down to like three and then two and then one so I really took my time I probably could have left a lot earlier but I think for me one thing was realizing how much money I had made in my coaching business I was really terrible with like um keeping records of my income but I think at the end of that tax year I like figured it all out and I was like oh my god I've made this much money like why am I even dancing anymore like I don't need to do that um and one of my friends also really helped me we were having a conversation I think it was a recording on a podcast where it came up she was like babe I think you should just quit like you really don't need to be going there like just just decide and it'll happen and I just decided in that moment and never went back so I actually didn't know where my last night was like I didn't have that last night I think it was at the beginning of our last lockdown here in Australia that I decided. So just never had that last night. And it was so dramatic I, after making this decision because I feel like everything holds energy, especially the stuff that I was taking to the club. So I got my stripper bag, put all my lingerie and my high heels in there and like my little purse that I'll carry around in the club. And I went outside and like walked it out to the rubbish bin. And I just remember this night was like, raining it was like really stormy it was like it was so dramatic me just walking down the driveway in the rain to throw all this stuff in the bin but then that was it I just like let go and I think another thing that helped me was knowing that while I was holding on to that stream of income I was still giving time and energy to that so I was cutting off other possibilities and other ways that money can make its way to me so I just knew and trusted like I'm an energetic match to make this amount of money doesn't matter where it's coming from so if I let go of stripping it's just going to show off in my coaching business and that's pretty much what happened yeah I think that's so powerful and we can we can really hold we can really limit ourselves because we just seek that like safety and comfort don't we like oh like and it's so funny you saying that because to someone else they'd be like that is not safe like that is not comfortable for me to do do that job yeah but like you say you know you start and you're pushing yourself out of your comfort zone and you're you know really challenging your body confidence and empowerment and all of this and then you hit that point where you're like yeah I'm good I'm good with that yeah like I'm not really growing anymore closed yeah 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 amazing so tell us more about like your business trajectory from there then because you've massively like expanded and grown in the past year or so yeah so so much has changed to me when I first started my coaching business I was very much like well there were a lot of lessons in it I think the first one for me was like, I was so attached to the idea of how my success was going to show up. So I started off and I was like, okay, as soon as I get 10 one-on-one clients, like that's me, that's how my business is going to run. It's going to be amazing. And I soon learned that because I became so attached to that, how it just wasn't happening for me. And I also blocked out other um, opportunities I just remember like getting really fed up and I was like, I'm just going to fully surrender. I'm just going to trust what's meant to happen. And I remember after making that decision, I was invited to co-host a retreat. I got flown um, interstate and internationally to talk at different events. Um, I yeah started my group coaching program. And then I had the idea to start the pleasure treasures and start selling sex toys. So I think like learning how to surrender a little bit and stay open-minded really helped me. Um, 
But in saying that, I feel like I'm still figuring it out, right? That's another thing for women in business to understand is that you never get to this point where it's like, okay, I'm here now, I've landed, like that's it. I feel like I'm constantly growing and evolving and figuring out things that work and don't work and shifting um, around that. Yeah, and I think when you're running your business from that place of feminine energy and intuition and pleasure like that can change one year to the next so (laughs) the feminine the intuition can be like we want to do this now and you're like oh for fuck's sake (laughs) okay then and you just kind of gotta listen to her yeah and I love doing business like that and I've really learned how to deeply trust because I mean in another job where you're just getting that monthly paycheck it's so easy to just know the money's coming the money's coming But that's something I've had to like really learn to just trust that no matter what, like the money's always coming and just to follow what feels good and follow what feels right. And I'll be safe in that. Yeah. And I think, like you said, with, you know, the energy piece of like throwing that, throwing like your uniform in the bin, so to speak, (laughs) like getting rid of that, closing that chapter it's really important I think to have those moments where you're like right I'm clearing space and I'm trusting that something is coming in in its place and Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is but that's okay because I'm going to be okay yeah just trust surrender and trust but you're right you have to you have to create the space first yeah yeah 100 um something you talk about a lot is like pleasure being the starting point for everything Mm -hmm. and I think this misconception that pleasure is like a reward Mm. pleasure is something you know like you have this grueling work day for example you hustle like you work really hard and then you're allowed pleasure at the end of the day Mm. you live your life and preach to your clients like the complete opposite pleasure being the source of everything can you talk about that yeah so I see this in I mean like most of us as women we we grow up getting taught to put everybody else before ourselves right and so a big part of this is like learning to focus on yourself and prioritize yourself but also as you already mentioned instead of using pleasure as a reward once we've like ticked all the to-do lists or once we feel like we've become enough it's really about like flipping that narrative and tapping into pleasure first because pleasure is our birthright right and it's also a tool that reminds us that we are already enough and we're worthy exactly as we are right and so instead of being on this like hamster wheel of like hustle 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 grind 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 trying to get to this destination whether then we give ourselves permission to feel like we're enough or we're worthy you start with pleasure and that really deeply grounds you into a state of knowing how worthy you are and then any of the quote-unquote hustle and grind that comes from there is in a place of alignment right like you're embodied in pleasure you're like fully lit up and beaming from the inside out you know your worth you know what's available to you And so when you're feeling really good about yourself, the action that you take is more in alignment with good as well and you start attracting good. So then you get to work from this place of like ease and flow instead of it being like pushing and struggling and hustling along the way. Mm. And with society as well, like we're so busy. Our to-do lists never end. So if you're using pleasure as a reward once you've done all the doing, the doing never stops. And so you never get to this point where you where you feel worthy of pleasure. There's never time for it. So we really have to prioritize it. Yeah. Yeah, I see that a lot with my clients. Like they'll reach some incredible milestone in the business. Like they'll make a certain amount of money or they'll have a certain launch or they'll, you know, achieve this amazing thing. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Like we need to stop. Yeah. You need to go and celebrate yourself like buy something really fucking bougie for yourself book yourself a massage like do something to mark this moment because 
otherwise that goalpost is just going to be moved and then it's like oh well I'll celebrate I'll relax I'll enjoy myself when I'm earning this amount of money per month or when I'm when I've got this many people in for the launch and it's like no it's not that's not how it should work because otherwise you're never gonna like you're never gonna celebrate yourself if that is the case and that does leak into everything. Like for some women, it's I'll be happy when I lose this amount of weight or I'll feel really happy when I meet my dream man and fall in love and it will like when my boyfriend proposes to me. There's always like that next step that we're chasing. And it's like amazing to have these achievements that you're right, you do have to stop and really celebrate them. Otherwise, you're just, you keep pushing and you never really like get to enjoy those moments and your success. Yeah. Can you share some of your like favorite go-to um rituals, practices, things that you love to do? Because you're running two businesses like from this place of intuition, pleasure, like you know, flow, ease. And I'm sure some women listening are like, how the fuck does that even happen when you've got two businesses? Like, how do you make time for self-pleasure if you run two businesses? <laughs> and oh, goes, you know the same goes if you've got a business and you're a mom or if you've got you know a really um intense job and a side hustle like that juggling act feels quite intense for many women I know how do you navigate like pleasure rituals and routines and practices throughout the day to start from that place mm-hmm. Well, I mean, for me, it is easier that I am running my two businesses, like my businesses. So I'm in charge of what that looks like. It is obviously going to be a little bit more tricky if you're working for someone else, you're working a full-time job, especially if you're a mom, if you're a full-time mom, or even if you're a working mom, that's going to be hard because you can't just say to your kids, oh, sorry, I'm just going to take an hour for me, right? So managing that is going to be a whole lot harder. And that's not even something that I can even relate to right now. Um, But for me personally, I mean, there's a few things that I do. I try not to look at my phone first thing in the morning. So actually at the moment, I'm taking a little Instagram break. So that's something that I'll do every so often. I've actually just deleted the app from my phone, taking some time away. But generally, I'll try not to look at my phone before midday. So that just means that I'm starting like connected to myself, connected to um, my goals and my mission and my purpose and connected to my pleasure before falling into that trap of like seeing what everyone else is doing and getting overwhelmed by all of that. Um, I also, at the beginning of the week, I sit down and plan out my whole schedule. I find it really easy just to look and see what I've got on and what needs to be done. And I find this helps because If I don't do that, I will procrastinate all day thinking that I should be doing something. You know, that guilt of like, I should be doing something. And then you just end up like kind of creating tasks for yourself that don't really need to get done. And you end up working so much more than you need to. Whereas if I know if I have my two things to do that day, I'll get them done and then be able to switch off, knowing that the rest of the week is planned out in a way where I know everything will eventually get done at the right time. I don't know if you know human design, but I'm a projector. So we're not really supposed to work that much anyway. And we're, we're more productive when we actually do less. But when I figure out my weekly schedule, I generally only have like two or three things that I do a day. So that really helps me stay in pleasure. And I feel good working that way. But then in saying that, I know some women who will like book out from like 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. every single day. And they love working like that. So you just have to find what works for you. But yeah, I like working just a few hours, like a few things each day. Um, I try and go and like catch up with friends. I try and go to the gym every morning before I'm working, try and squeeze in an ocean swim every day, living across from the ocean. Um, But pleasure looks different every day. So also I think what's important for people to understand is like when I talk about pleasure, it's not always self-pleasure and orgasm. Sometimes it is. But pleasure is literally just whatever feels good. So sometimes it's like a full one hour self-pleasure ritual and lots of orgasms. Sometimes it is swimming in the ocean. Sometimes it's putting on music and dancing around the house. Um, Yeah, just following your bliss and what feels good. 
Another thing, a little ritual that I have is when I finish work, I usually have a shower. So it's like my like, okay, work's done, shower off the day. And then that's when I'll like get ready to go out with friends or settle down for bed. Mm, That's really powerful. And I love what you just said about pleasure being so like multifaceted because I think for any women listening who feel disconnected from self-pleasure or still navigating that like the taboo a bit or the oh like can I really take time out of my day to go and do that (laughs) like almost that permission I think pleasure in other areas like eating some really like making yourself a really gorgeous meal or lighting a candle or Mm. going in the ocean or in nature like that can help that can help like begin the process of connecting back in with with pleasure and like this sense of joy and like ease in your day and that can then lead to you can bring that into the bedroom like when you feel ready to yeah well it definitely helps because another thing I notice with my clients is when it comes time to have sex with their partner they're really up in their head and they find it hard to surrender they find it hard to connect to pleasure in their body because they're living up in this like masculine hustle grind 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 do 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 mindset which is really sexy like when you're at work and you're like thriving in your business but in the bedroom it's really surrender and our ability to surrender that helps us tap into pleasure so the more that you do things throughout your day to fully tap into your feminine and surrender the easier it is going to be for you to tap into pleasure when you have sex with your partner after work yeah or the easier it's going to be to really connect on deep levels like on a date as well because then you're in like your body connected to heart and pussy and like in the state of just being and feeling rather than up in your head, right? Yeah. Gotta let, let the man take control. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just so yeah. And I love like the shower or like a walk for that as well at the end of the day. It's yeah. like switching off or not switching off, but like, you know, calming the masculine energy, like letting that boss bitch like she can go to bed for the day like she can come back tomorrow (laughs) and then letting the like the scent more like sensual like feminine sides of you come back out to play whether that's going out with friends on a date or like even just relaxing in the evening it just can serve you so much can't it yeah of course I mean even if you're not like meeting up with a guy or going on a date just for you so that you can mentally switch off and be in pleasure and be fully relaxed and surrendered. Even if it's just about like having a good night's rest, right? If that boss bitch is still on, you go to bed thinking about all the million things that you want to do the next day. Oh, yeah, I've been there so many times. <laughs> so many times. Um, I can't finish like this interview without asking you about um, your pleasures pleasure treasures by asti top three sex toys and why top three yeah okay oh okay well I have to I have to talk about quickie because that's the new one that's just been released it's actually coming back on the 11th of November amazing Um, first release sold out in three hours so it's going to be back on the 11th and this one's different to all the other ones as it's not glass. Most of the other ones, or actually all of the other ones are glass. But I kept getting requests from people saying that they're afraid of using glass or afraid of what that sensation might be like. And I also kept getting asked by women, which pleasure treasure is the best for clitoral stimulation? And I didn't have one. So I welcomed in Quickie, which is for that. Um and it's called Quickie for a reason. I think the first time I used it, I came in like 40 seconds. I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> I was talking about it to my followers on Instagram. And I must have had it on in my hand for a couple of minutes, just talking, showing all the settings that it goes through. And afterwards, I was like, oh, my God, it's really warm. Like, I've never, like, I knew it had a heating feature, but I was like, I didn't know I got this warm because I've never actually had it on this long before. <laughs> 
so that has to be one of the top three um squirt for me is the other one this one is has been the most popular um it is shaped with a little curve so it um, hits the g-spot during penetration and this one's really amazing because it comes with an um a video demonstration as well so when you buy the product in your email you'll actually get sent a video demonstration um, of a girl teaching you how to squirt which is like this sounds ridiculous but the first time I watched that video I actually like cried a little bit because <laughs> it's so beautiful and it's not like what you see on porn where it's like the acting out for like what you mentioned the male gaze it's not for men it's not for their entertainment but it's for female education and the way that she explains it to you it's like it almost just feels like you're sitting on the end of your bed with your older sister and she's just like showing you the ropes and teaching you. And the way that she goes through it, it's just so pure and innocent and it just takes away like all of the shame surrounding our sexuality. So I think even just watching that video is so healing in itself. Um, so that's right up there too. And then the other one is Please Me. So this is also another crowd favorite. This one comes with an um, audio guide this time, which takes you through a meditation um, and a little bit of a practice, which teaches you tools that allow you to tap further into connecting with your body and your pleasure. So that's really what makes the pleasure treasures different. Like you can go online to a million sex toy shops and buy the toys. Then once you get the toys, like what do I do with this? Or how can I use this to actually like, amplify my experience of sex and orgasm rather than just like having a quick orgasm and being done with it it turns it into more of like a ritualistic self-love process yeah yeah and especially for women who might be ordering for the first time having like guidance and like a little ritual to start that mm. feels like it's really supportive for them isn't it mm -hmm. yeah well I'll have to make an order yeah <laughs> get one of those quick I'll have to get one of the quickie restocks um this is coming out this is coming out in January. um this is coming out in January so oh. I'm sure by <laughs> then they'll be, stock. they'll be in stock then yeah yeah they'll be there amazing um <laughs> new year new pleasure ritual for everyone yeah <laughs> I love it. Um, I love it. Before we head into the quick round, is there anything else that you feel like you want to share to make this conversation like complete? Hmm. Nothing really off the top of my head. I just want to say like, yeah, start a self-pleasure practice and make it about you, right? Like, just like beginning to remind yourself that your pleasure is about you. It's your power and it's a tool that can really amplify your life on all levels. It's not just about sex, but um, yeah, instead of using it as a tool to gain the love or acceptance of your partner or partners, yeah, begin the journey of reclaiming it and making it about you because it'll change your life on all levels. Mm, amen. Amen. Amen, sister. <laughs> so these are the quickie questions I ask every guest at the end of the podcast. Okay. Um, the first one is, and you've kind of shared already, but if you have any more goodness, amazing. If someone's going to take one action or like one takeaway from this episode, what would you want that to be? Prioritize pleasure. Love it. That was pleasure. Yeah. First thing in the morning when you wake up, ask yourself, what is one thing that I can do right now that will allow me to start my day off in pleasure? A goal that you are working on right now. Oh, I really like this is what I've been working on before we um, started chatting. I want to work at getting the pleasure treasures into more online stores, sorry, in-person stores. I want it to... I want them to boom. They're going to be big. You're going to see them everywhere soon. <laughs> Exciting. Um, a resource that you are loving lately, and this could be personal, business, like anything. A resource. 
Um, I've been reading, I've been rereading Pussy, the book. Mm, the best book ever. Yeah. <laughs> so and I think that's like the greatest resource for all women. I think everyone needs to read that. Yeah, I think that should be handed out in like high school when you learn about <laughs> when you're learning about periods and your reproductive health. Like you should be given a copy of that book as well. Yeah, yeah totally. It's amazing. And I've already read it and I'm rereading it. I feel like every time you read it, you'll get something more out of it. Yeah, it's like the Bible for pussy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the last question is a fill in the blank. And it's to me, putting myself first means. I mean, the first thing that came to mind was like having fuck off boundaries. <laughs> yeah <laughs> like when you said that I was like boundaries yeah so it's owning your desires owning your wants and declaring what you don't want mm-hmm. and staying in your truth yeah mm-hmm. thank you so much for thank this you. conversation yeah. um, I feel like even just hearing your story is such a permission slip for so many women who have that curiosity of like even like oh like I'd love to try a pole class or like oh like I'd love to try this quickie thing that she's talking about like let me go and look on the website (laughs) like thank you for opening that door for so many women with your work yeah you're so welcome thanks for having me on it was a pleasure always so shout out your um Instagram your website all that good stuff so women can go and find you so my Instagram is asti, A-S-T-I dot Marie, M-A-R-E-E. Um, and you can find all of the Pleasure Treasures at pleasuretreasuresbyasti.com. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank and you. thank you for all the ladies listening. We love you to screenshot the podcast, tag us in your stories, like DM us, just let us know how you found this episode, what permission slip that has been for you um I'm sure Asti would love to hear as well I definitely would so yeah get in touch with us we can't wait to hear from you and thank you hold up gorgeous if you loved today's episode I invite you to screenshot your podcast app right now do it right now and dm me on instagram tag me in your stories i'm at cat underscore horror share your biggest takeaway with me share your light bulb moment i cannot wait to connect and dm with you i want you to know that you make a huge difference in sharing this podcast and getting this free resource into the hands of women who need it too is there a friend a colleague a loved one a family member if you can think of one woman who would love love this conversation please whatsapp it to her dm her email her the link spread the word you could make someone's day you could change someone's life sharing this resource you play a huge role in spreading the message women worldwide deserve to put themselves first and say yes to their next level if you haven't already I invite you also to review the podcast in your podcast app to let other women know it's impactful, it's worth subscribing, it's worth tuning in. That means the absolute world. So thank you, thank you, thank you for being part of this amazing community and sharing this message. May the abundance, the blessings, the prosperity come back to you tenfold. I adore you. I am grateful for you and I cannot wait to connect with you again very soon.